I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a therapist. I am not a mental health expert. I am just a mentally ill woman. Welcome back to the Hard Feelings Podcast. This is, of course, my mental health podcast where I talk about things like anxiety and depression, aka hard feelings. And I got a rock solid one for you guys this week. This week, we're talking about fear. Don't be scared, don't click out. It's not gonna be a scary episode, despite it being about fear. I actually think it's gonna be quite cathartic for the both of us. At least it was when I was writing about it in my journal this morning. Today, I wanna talk to you about fear and worry because I think that these are feelings that I often get confused with each other because they are really similar, right? What's a worry but not a teeny tiny baby fear? But there are a lot of big differences and I feel like they need to be handled differently and sometimes even just knowing the difference between a legitimate fear and a worry can be helpful, at least for me. So we're gonna be talking about the differences between fear and worry. I'm probably gonna use some really sick analogies in this video, so get your notebooks out, kids. We're gonna do an awesome mental health song of the week. Oh, I'm excited, I'll give you a hint, it's a Noah Khan song, but it is not from Stick Season, okay? It's from a deep cut and I'm so excited about it. So yeah, if you wanna hear more about fear and worry, how they're intertwined, how they support each other. Maybe find a gift from fear. Could there be a gift to fear? Well, I certainly journaled about one, so I hope so. So yeah, if that sounds interesting to you, then just keep on listening. All right, here's the incredible analogy I warned you about, right? The difference between worry and fear. This helps it make sense for me, so I hope it helps you too. So for me, worry feels like gnats flying around your head, right? Where you can kind of swat them away, but they keep coming back, but they're annoying, you know? But you can swat them away. At the end of the day, you can swat away the gnats and they are no longer gonna be flying around your head. Whereas fear is like, imagine the biggest, scariest wasp you've ever seen in your life sitting on your head where you can't see it, but you can feel it and you become just frozen with fear because if you make one wrong move, you know that that wasp is gonna sting you. So fear, big scary wasp, worry, bunch of little gnats. And that's what makes fear interesting. You know, typically on this podcast, when I talk about different hard feelings, you know, like guilt and anger, jealousy, a few other ones I've spoken about, I talk about how I like to suppress those feelings because it's a lot easier to push them down than to actually feel them. But when it comes to fear, I'm not very good at suppressing it. I'm, I'm pretty terrible at suppressing it. And I feel like that has to do with the state of freeze that it puts me into. People often talk about fight or flight instincts when put into a scary situation, but I feel like we don't talk as much about freeze or fawn. I'm not gonna talk about fawn today, but freeze is typically what I get put into when I'm experiencing fear. I feel paralyzed. I literally feel like I can't move. If I could describe the physical sensation in my body to you, it's it's stiffness, it's tension, it's sweating, it's horrible. You know, when I'm just worried, I don't tend to have as many physical sensations in my body. Maybe a little bit of a dull headache if I have something that I've been worrying about for a while, but when it's legitimate fear, it's a numbness. It's not really, it's a numbness, but also a tension. I don't know. I would love to hear what physical sensations you guys feel in your body when you feel fear. Even, I hope this just makes you start to think about them more because honestly, connecting emotions with physical sensations in my body really helps me to be able to identify emotions more. 
I know the feeling when I'm falling into a fear freeze. I it feels like feels like all the life has been sucked from my body and I just can't move and my feelings are just sitting like a giant scary wasp on my head. Okay, so let me give you an actual example that is not an analogy for fear versus worry. It involves my sweet cherub cat, Bert. I'm gonna put a picture of him on the screen. If you're not watching on YouTube, come over to YouTube so you can see the beautiful picture of my cat, Bert. He is the light of my life. I am obsessed with him. He is the wind beneath my wings. All of the things, I, I love him. I love him more than anything. I know everybody loves their pets. I love this man so ferociously you get the picture. Anyways, so I always worry about Bert's health because I'm so in love with him, obsessed with him. So like, you know, I'm always running around my apartment, like looking for tiny choking hazards. You know, my boyfriend leaves like a gum wrapper on the table and I'm like, oh, that could, he could choke on that. And I'm throwing things away. I'm constantly sweeping under our couch because I know that he likes to go under there. So I want to make sure there's no crumbs or no choking hazards under there. I have a lot of general worries about the health of my cat. But back in February of this year, I noticed that Bert had a little growth on his mouth. I could see it when he would yawn that one of his gums looked like it was almost swollen. And naturally, being the anxious lady that I am, I flocked to the internet and I googled what that could be. Don't ever do that. It's a terrible idea. Don't Google things, just go to a veterinarian. And of course the results said it was cancer because they always do when you Google very vague health symptoms. And that immediately put me into freeze mode with my fear. The fear entered my body and I suddenly, I felt stiff. I felt like I couldn't move. I felt like my world was absolutely about to come crumbling down. I, I don't know if I've ever felt such a sense of fear. And you'll also notice in this video, I'm talking about fear not in like a life or death sort of situation because I feel like that's not the type of fear that we're struggling with. You know, if you're being chased by a bear, be afraid. That's, that's important. You need to be afraid so that you know to run. We're talking about fears that are not life or death, even though it did feel like life or death to me in that moment, because in my mind, if Bert has cancer, that means he's going to die soon. And that's, I know it, I know logically it doesn't mean that. And that is what is so frustrating about having anxiety is that your logical brain can understand that these fears that you have aren't rational. And I hate to even use that word because I hate the phrase irrational fears. I feel like it, it makes light of people's feelings, which are all feelings are incredibly valid. So I don't want to call it an irrational fear, but like my brain wasn't being super rational about this. My brain was telling me he has a growth. That means he has cancer. I'm going to take him to the vet and they're going to tell me that we have to put him down. That's not what happened. Bert is still alive today. He's totally fine. Um, I did end up taking him to the vet. They biopsied the growth. They removed it. They sent it off, it came back benign. The vet told me sometimes cats just get those. Like sometimes they just get weird growths in their mouths like people do. You know, sometimes we get moles that are non-cancerous that you get biopsied and it's fine. My brain didn't even consider that. Like I said, I, I didn't even understand what the problem was because I was Googling vague things. It all worked out. But that is the difference between fear and worry. That's why I brought this up. Worries are my general feelings of worry about Bert choking on things, hurting himself, falling off the couch, falling off the bed, stuff like that. Fear is thinking that he's going to die. Fear is not knowing the outcome of this growth in his mouth and feeling like I have no control anymore. I feel like that's the real difference, right? That lack of control. That's not something I wrote down in my journal for my notes today, but I feel like it's 
the lack of control. You know, all these little worries I have about Bert getting into things. Like I said, I'm always sweeping up constantly <laughs> because I worry about choking hazards. I worry about crumbs from my food falling on the ground and him eating something that he's not supposed to eat and it killing him instantly. Cats aren't supposed to have cilantro and every time my boyfriend and I cook with cilantro, I am a menace to society. I will like not take my eyes off the floor. I am constantly making sure that no little pieces of cilantro fa fall down. Even if I don't think they have, I will like mop the floor afterwards because I'm so worried about him eating cilantro and getting sick or dying. But that's something I can control, right? I can follow my boyfriend around while he's cooking and make sure that no cilantro falls on the floor or I can make sure that Bert stays out of the kitchen. And like that is something that I can control. But when he had a growth, that I didn't know what it was and my brain told me was probably cancer, there was nothing I could do about that except for take him to the vet, which I did. And that leads us to the gift of fear. Fear has a couple of gifts. One of the gifts of fear is that it can allow you to be really brave and overcome a different fear, which sounds crazy, right? Fear causing you to overcome fear. I also had a fear of taking Bert to the vet because if I, I'll be honest, it had been a few years, you know, with the panoramic and everything. I just, you know, you couldn't actually go in with them. So I didn't want to bring Bert to the vet if he didn't need to go because I didn't want to cause him unnecessary stress. The previous times that I had taken him to the vet were really, really hard because he was so anxious and upset and he cried the whole time on the way to the vet. And that made me want to rip my own heart out and smash it because that's how much it hurt me to see him being upset. And I also had this worry in my mind that when I was gonna be on my way to the vet, his little cat carrier was gonna accidentally open and he was gonna get out and run to the street and get hit by a car. I know these aren't rational. I know I said I didn't wanna use the word irrational, but I know these are irrational fears, but these are all fears that I was having. So I did what I had to do. I did what was in my control and I fully secured that cat carrier. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the vets I think were looking at me like I was crazy because I walked in and I had both ends of the cat carrier like fastened with scrunchies so that it was physically impossible to push the button and have the cat carrier <laughs> pop open. But it made me feel better. That was something that I could control. I couldn't control Bert crying on the way over. He was such a trooper though, you guys. He was pretty good. I scheduled the vet appointment at a good time so it wasn't too busy outside but I did everything that I could control and I faced my own fear of taking Bert to the vet in order to deal with my fear of him dying from something going untreated. And that is really the gift of fear is that it gives you a lot of clarity. I, at first it made me feel absolutely frozen and that is when I was able to have the clarity of saying I can't be afraid to take him to the vet anymore. I can't be afraid to do that. I had to do it on my own too, because I had to take him right away and my boyfriend had to work. I was the only one who was home, which made me even more scared, because at least with another person, they, I don't know, there's just more people. It just is less scary to do things with other people, but I had to do it alone. So I was just so scared. But in that moment of clarity, I said, I have no other choice. I have to take him to the vet. My love for Bert is way stronger than my fear of taking him to the vet and doing something that I don't wanna do. My love for Bert is so much stronger than my fear of the vet telling me that he has cancer and they're gonna have to put him down. I just kept having to reassure myself, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that he's healthy and to make sure that he gets the help that he needs. So I'm gonna take him to the vet and it's gonna suck but then it's gonna be over and then it's gonna be fine. And you know what? It was. He was all good 
but that was a really big moment for me. Like, sorry Bert, not to make your vet appointment and your growth all about me. That was huge for me. I can't tell you in the days leading up to going to the vet because I noticed the growth like right before the weekend and then the vet wasn't open, we couldn't get an appointment until Monday. But for those days leading up to it, I was a shell of a person. I, I was shaking constantly, like I just couldn't stop. I was so anxious and so fearful about what was going to happen that I, I just could barely do anything. But after we got through it, after Bert went to the vet, it just gave me even more clarity because it gave me the clarity to realize what's important in my life. Every little thing I had been worried about, you know, maybe due to my career, my worry of am I being productive enough went away. That's a big worry of mine. Oh, and it feels so insignificant when something actually important happens on my day-to-day. -day, I'm constantly looking at my to-do list thinking, are there enough things on here? But when this was all happening with Bert, it was nowhere on my mind. And if it ever did enter into my mind, it was laughable. It was like, really? Productivity? That's what matters? It, productivity is stupid. Productivity does not matter a single ounce to me. The only thing that matters to me is my son, being safe and being healthy. So fear puts things in perspective for you. Fear causes you to be braver than you thought you could be. Fear will cause you to face other fears. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. And it's really hard to see those benefits in the moment. I will admit that I was not seeing the benefits of fear as I was taking Bert to the vet. Those are gifts that you usually have to see in retrospect after the fact. But when you do, I think it's important to take note of them because the more we take note of these positive experiences or these experience, these fears that we faced, but it's important to write it down, I think, or at least talk it out, talk it out with a therapist, talk it out with a friend. I really think it helps to put pen to paper and write down when you have a, an instance where you're able to overcome fear, to face your fear, to reap a benefit of fear, to be brave, because it, it just puts another file into your brain of times where you were able to overcome fear so you can pull it out next time you're facing fear and it can give you a little bit of motivation to do it again. So that is my, my coping mechanism for you for fear. But okay, I think that's enough chit chat about fear today. It's, it wasn't so scary, was it? I told you it wasn't gonna be a scary episode. Now let's talk about my mental health song of the week. My mental health song of the week is by Noah Khan. Like I said, it's from one of his EPs. Did you know he released an EP in 2020 called Cape Elizabeth? Well, he did, and it has a song on it called A Troubled Mind that I feel like he just pulled out of my brain and wrote. You know, that's something I really like about Noah Khan is I feel like he really puts my anxieties and fears into beautiful lyrics very well. And this song makes me feel very seen. Okay, so the opening line is, I told you, love, if you could see it through my eyes, you'd understand my fear of everything in sight. You know how quickly I'd sell my heart for some advice on how to ease a troubled mind. I think that's so beautiful. I, I feel like that's something I also have trouble explaining to partners and to people I love sometimes is like, I, I don't know, I sometimes think that people doubt how anxious I am just because I, I try to mask it pretty well, but I, I just always want to say like if you could be in my mind just for 10 seconds, just for, just for one single moment, 
then you would get it. You, you would know what it was like. You'd understand my fear of everything in sight if you could just be in my brain for a second. So I think that's such a beautiful lyric. And in the chorus he says, I worry for the sun. Yes, I worry for the snow. I worry I'll die young while I worry I grow old. I worry for the time I spent worrying alone. And that is really what it feels like to be an anxious person. You just feel like every time you get over a certain worry, every time I swap one of those gnats out from in front of my face, there's just more gnats. They just come back. Different gnats, maybe, but they still come back. It feels like an impossible task sometimes. It just feels like every time you swat them away, more are coming back. And that's why I really like that his song, he's saying, I'd quickly sell my heart for some advice on how to ease my troubled mind. I'd give up anything to ease my troubled mind. Like, I understand the desperate feeling of just wanting to feel neutral, not even feel good, you know, because that's the thing when I'm struggling with worries and when I'm in a worry spiral, I, I don't even sit there and think I want to feel good. I want to feel good. I just sit here and think I want to feel normal. I want to feel neutral. I want to feel what it feels like to have a brain that is quiet, to have a brain that doesn't constantly have a million things swirling around in it because I, I can't remember the last time I ever felt that way. And that, my friends, is what it feels like to have a troubled mind. It's a beautiful song. You know, Noah Khan, like I said, just does a really good job at writing songs that feel like they were written for my own heart and soul. So definitely go check it out. All right, you guys. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to me rant and ramble about the differences between fear and worry. Remember the gnats? Remember the wasp? It's a, I think it's a really solid analogy. That's why I've been hyping it up so much. You know, I thought of it this morning when I was outside swatting some gnats from in front of my face and worrying. And I thought, hey, these two things, have a lot in common. So yeah, hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope it made you think. I hope it made you want to marinate on your own hard feelings. Let me know what other hard feelings you'd like me to talk about. There's so many feelings. I'm never going to run out of topics to talk about. Somebody asked me, what are you going to do when you run out of stories to talk about on your podcast? I'm like, do you know how many emotions there are in the spectrum of human emotion? And I'm also happy to talk about emotions more than once because I think there's always going to be things I miss. There's always going to be things I figured out. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a therapist. I am not a mental health expert. I am just a mentally ill woman trying to figure out and talk about it with you because I find that talking about my feelings helps me make discoveries about them, helps me have little little epiphanies, so I'm happy to talk about feelings more than once. So let me know what you want to hear about. And I thank you so much for listening. Follow, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things. Check us out on YouTube. If you are listening to this podcast, you can see the beautiful makeup look I am wearing today. It's super sparkly, smoky. I have like a purple berry mauve thing going on. I'll have all the makeup details listed down below for those of you who are interested. And I thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next Friday with a new episode. Bye, take care of yourself.